I think I'm recording. Now we're just talking about politics, right? Yeah, just politics. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all politics yeah. all the time, except for prog rock. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's stuff going on here, too. We can talk, we'll talk about it after the show. Okay. Uh, we got a couple of, couple of major stupid things going on here. Um, all right. Well, let's just dig in. What do you think, Jaime? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. Let's I'm, do I'm very curious to see the 10S Max uh, unfortunate Comment, naming one, because yeah. you, you teased right, that okay, one right. earlier, and I'm very curious to see how that ends up going. All right, well, let's, let's do this. Then. All right. So, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 213 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario. I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. Alrighty. Who's just got back from Arizona? No, Arizona? No. Arizona. Nevada. Yeah, well, both. Oh, okay. Nevada and Arizona. It's kind of a grand canyon, right? Yes. Grand Mark's grand day out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch Wallace off, and Gromit? I have, yeah. Started off in Vegas okay. and then did a lot of northern Arizona, including Grand Canyon and the Petrified Forest and the Painted uh, Desert and Sedona. All sorts of cool stuff in Arizona. So what's nice. the Petrified Forest? Is it like trees and stuff that are like fossilized or something? Well, I, I guess it used to be actual trees and now it's just the remnants that haven't been picked over by tourists over the past 150 years. But uh, there are, yeah, there's a bunch of petrified logs lying around. Uh, where you know you look at it looks like a log but then you look at it inside and it's it's all kind of quartz inside oh and oh is that what those 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 um things you see in the in the hobby stores or whatever was cut in half exactly yeah yeah oh really yeah and so basically what happened was these these trees you know millions of years ago whatever it was um somehow they got preserved and but the the water that was there was very rich in silica uh so the water kind of diffused into the into the trees and displaced the water in the trees and eventually just filled it up with quartz, which is, you know, silicon. Right. Okay. And so you have these very cool looking, uh, colorful quartz, trees yeah it's i mean it's it's pretty cool it's it's hard to explain until you see it but actually i'll post one i have some pictures cool so so do, can they make core silica is sand right and you don't mean you don't mean silicon well it's the material the the element is silicon silicon oh silicon okay okay right but silica is a alloy or something of that or maybe some chemist compound is, or whatever yeah. chemist is screaming at, at the screen now silicon is not only the material that they make semiconductors out of in very, you know, very pure crystal form, but it is also sand and it's also quartz. Is, is So can they take quartz and make semiconductors out of it, basically, by, by extracting the silico- silicon from in, it? In or? theory, you could. Yeah, you'd melt it down and you could you could uh, make very high quality crystal silicon out of it, sure, but there's probably cheaper ways. Do you know how they make silicon for that IC use? Yeah, so they just take a big vat of silicon and start with a seed crystal and and uh, just very slowly, uh, so the, the, the silicon is, is molten, and they put the seed crystal in, and then they draw it out really slowly, and it just it creates a, a larger crystal uh, as 
as the you know, the the the, uh, the hot silicon cools, it you know bonds to the crystal that that you've got the seed crystal, and it just attaches to the lattice. And if it's pure enough, as you pull it out, it makes a very very pure silicon ingot. So, but how do they how do they get the original silicon? Is it mined somewhere? Or they, something no, like they, that? they melt something sand. Oh, maybe maybe oh, so they melt down the beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. or yep. or fret, petrified forests or whatever. Well, hopefully <laughs> they don't use petrified forests, but they could. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's dig in. Um, hi, man. Do you have any Ask MTJC? We do. And this is one that Greg, uh, Greg Heo had uh, tweeted or retweeted. And I found this chain of uh, tweets about the Apple Watch Series 3 and the Apple Watch Series 4. And it's quite interesting. So the probably the first one we've direct linked to is this nifty little animated GIF that shows what the um, the large and the small cases look like compared to their uh, last year's predecessors. And it's quite interesting. Like they do get noticeably bigger, a little bit bigger in terms of you know physical case size, but dramatically bigger in terms of screen available space. And if you look, yeah, it's a- you know like up and down the thread, you can see these like diagrams of of them, right? Like what the exterior case looks like in terms of sizing versus the actual displayable area, and then you see them overlaid, uh, and of course since this is not a visual medium we will have this in the show notes for those of you driving at home but uh probably the the most dramatic one for me other than the animated gif was uh, way down at the bottom there's one on screen size that shows um like a blue color for the series three and then a reddish color and they're overlaid with opacity so purple is sort of where they intersect and it's dramatically bigger like there's just no joking how much bigger these watches um available display space is going to seem and i thought that was pretty impressive mm-hmm. so the animation is pretty cool that that just uh it just it like the actual case itself is just slightly larger but the bezel is definitely and rounded corners we were talking about remember we talked about the rounded corners that we saw in somebody broke out of ios 12 and uh this is all we thought that was for the ipad but it's for the watch clearly mm-hmm. yeah and and very similar to the iphone 10 style of display they're they're putting it you know not truly edgeless but heck they've certainly carved out a whole lot more available screen space by doing that with a nice little mm-hmm. um, rounded corner look like you see around the notch and the edges, or the upper ears of the iPhone 10 um, design scheme. Well, it's interesting the rounded corner is going to make a big difference with layout because now they've got, because we, if, with a square um, cropped area, you've got, you know, it's natural for a table, table view to sit in there or a collection view or something, right? But with the rounded corner, now you have to make a decision about what goes in the corner of your design, right? Yes. Maybe you have to use safe area or yeah, something. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I haven't looked said. at the iOS 12 or, sorry, uh, WatchOS oh, SDK yet. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our buddies uh, posted or sent me a link for, because um, we, we we're talking about about the different sizes of the phones in um, in our forum the other day, and uh, I had checked earlier to see you know we linked to Paint Code. They had that ultimate iPhone la- uh, screen layout uh, guide, right? And they've added in the new um, 10R and 10S and the 10S Max. Being very careful not to say the word X. Did I say I said X? Didn't I? You did. Oh man! No, the 10S, the 10R, and the 10R Max. Um, they've got those in there now. They've updated. Their, their thing, but but friend of the show Darren uh, Batiste sent me a, a, an image which has all of the sizes of phones similar to this this watch thing with them all lined up uh, overlaid on top of each other with a with a line drawing like that to show how different the like, screen sizes are and resolutions between the various new phones and the old phones. Mm-hmm. 
Lots of fun. All right, so what else you got there for Ask MTJC, Hemi? So this is one that I had tagged for us um, around the iPhone names being solved. So we were very, very unclear last week about how should you capitalize or not capitalize the R and the S for the 10S and the 10R um, like when you write them out. So uh, I was very insistent that, hey, when I was watching the live stream, the closed captioner that presumably Apple has clued into what's going on was very consistently using a lower case R and a lowercase s. And then Greg they were? Yeah, and Greg found some stuff that was showing it differently. And then I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I looked at the Apple Store, and when you look at the document title for, um, like, the one that shows up on your tab when you're using Chrome or Safari, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a capital R. And uh, here's some, uh, here's a tweet from uh, Joe Resignal, who has uh, some informations on, on this. It's uh, um, the press release uses both the capitalized versions, so full caps, 10S, full caps 10r and if there are small caps available then you can use those which is interesting it's very hard to tell with the s but uh, a whole lot more easy to tell with the the r and yeah and oh, if you want to be the only ones it was always a capital right like the 3s 3gs 4s 5s 6s it was until the was 5s it? where they changed it to be a lowercase one probably because mm-hmm. that 5 and that s didn't look so good next to each other and then they retroactively said oh yeah um all the other ones are lowercase s now too hmm. so 4s became in defense of the the guy who's you just named, his, I would say Rosignol because um, there's a ski manufacturer with the same spelling, and it's Rosignol. Um, so thanks, Joe. And um, the other thing I was going to say about the the cap- closed captioners are listening to the audio live, and so they're probably typing out, you know, um, the lowercase r, lowercase s. They wouldn't have necessarily been given a script beforehand. I can't see Apple doing that. In defense of them, they've got like a you know three or four second delay between the, between when they they're typing live. Um, and in so. the keynote, didn't they have all the S's in a little box? Yeah, they were mm-hmm. in a rounded rack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, what's interesting from a font point of view, though, is, um, and I think somebody in the thread I read was asking about the small caps thing in one of the replies. And so that's a ta- that's a font styling thing. Some some fonts are only in uppercase. Like there's a Star Wars font that's floating around on the internet, which only has capital letters in the entire alphabet, right? Um, you know, so you might have like uh, an S with a ligature that would kind of would join up with, you know, if you, you imagine. Imagine the, the word Star Wars, how the top of the S melds into the T kind of thing. Um, those, those, that may be a ligature or maybe a car- special character, but often there are fonts. I think Cooper is one of them, I think of, or no, um, it used to be like, it looked like a beer label kind of font, but they had like the lowercase letters were actually smaller uppercase letters, like uh, capitalized letters. So um, that may be why that, that, that's the intention here, I guess, is to use this. And we call that a small cap, right? Um, interesting stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's fun. Like we're 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 all still tripping over the the ten the X when we're talking about these things in in conversations, right? And apparently we will Which for many years a, to come if they keep this naming scheme. <laughs> well, at least until next year when it's the eleven. I posted a thing here about um, an unfortunate um, naming uh, convention. I mean, like uh, last week I talked about the fact that they couldn't use L or C because L is fifty in Roman numerals and C is hundred in Roman numerals, so they couldn't like have an and you know a ten L or whatever. So right, they, it'd be the forty or the nine. 
90. Yeah, so they went with this 10s 10s Max and I, one of the guys in the in the forum on the phone said, you know, we're going to be doing something like this and we'll have to consider what we do on the Max, right? And my brain heard him say Mac M A C S not M A and so I kind of went, why would we care about the Max? And then oh, wait a minute, you know. So there's another unfortunate uh, uh, trip for for us in the future is we're gonna, are we talking about Macintosh computers or right. are we talking about large iPhones, you know? Also, you might have talked about this one last week, but the 10s sounds a lot like Excess. Yeah, if yeah, Excess and then and Greg had said too um that uh, the official emoticon and doing air quotes here in his honor um is uh, the tennis ball. So like because it's like a ten, you know, tennis bracelets, remember those back in the 70s that Chrissy ever had used to wear tennis bracelets, but uh, very expensive, you know, diamond encrusted, you know, whatever, but so it sounds like tennis, um like a tennis bracelet. So, hmm. you know, if you say tennis fast enough, right? Tennis, yeah. The, the tennis ball is the official emoticon. Hmm. Yeah, and the 10R is uh, one of two variants I've heard is it's either like a $10 bill, a tenor, which I guess is something that people say. Tenor, yeah. But even just the way I said it now, it's like, oh, you mean like like Pavarotti? That kind of tenor? Yeah, Luciano yeah. Pavarotti, yeah. 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 The three tenors. <laughs> uh, good on you, Apple. Way to go. Right. And apparently... Way to go. There's no official thing from Apple on this, but the, the thing that a lot of people have been bandying about is, well, why didn't they go with Plus? Why did they go with Max? And I think the general consensus is that, well, maybe it's because unlike previous generations, the Plus is not better in any sort of way in terms of, oh, this has a, a better processor or it has a, a better camera. Like the only things that are better about it are things that are related to its physical size. It's got a bigger screen. If you like that, great. It has more battery because yeah it's got a bigger screen so we can put more battery in there but there's no sort of dilemma between which of these two devices should i get should i get the smaller one but it doesn't have as good a camera or should i get the bigger one but it's maybe it's too big now it's just literally like what, what screen size do you want get the 10s or the 10s yeah. max and it's I, upsized it's yeah upsized. which i, I guess yeah. could make sense if you wanted to be really really consistent with your naming scheme but i, I think it could have been the 10s plus just as fine was i, I imagining it or did they make a reference to why it wasn't the plus in the in the keynote that I can't remember now what that reason was. Maybe I was. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah. Now I feel like I should go back and watch this again and see because there's somebody in that same Twitter thread that I have here who claims that the R stands for reach. He says Phil said it in the what? keynote, but nobody seems to have caught it. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't know. It's R like mass hallucination. Apparently, <laughs> like we all watched yeah. it. How did we not all get the same details out of it? Yeah. So the R, the ten R is the is the large Larger, largest, largest phone, but lower resolution LCD, right? With the liquid retina. No, that yeah. Well, that's the 10R, but it's a, it's the same size as the as the 10S. Is it? Yeah, the 10S Max sure? is bigger. I thought so. Oh, same same physical dimensions, maybe lower resolution. There we go. Ultimate guide to iPhone resolutions. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I'll put it in the notes here. Oh, wait a minute. Really? It's the same size as the Max? Yeah. Oh no. It's, oh. Well, it's the same size in points, but then right. they render it down to a, few, a smaller number of pixels. And what about physical dimension? And physical device, dimension the max is, is bigger. It's 6.5, which is 6.1 inches. 6.1. It's in between. I didn't catch right. that the first time. I thought it was the same size as the 10s. Oh, it's, wait a minute. What, what's going on here? I'm confused. So I believe the 10s max is a 3x device. Right. I recall. I'm not seeing so both the, evidence. Yeah, two, I think it's a 2x. The 10s max are 3x, but the, 10, the 10r is a 2x. Right. 
Oh, I, I thought it was a physically larger phone. Like the physical, see the physical device down at the bottom? Yeah. Oh, it's 6.1 is what you're saying. So it is, right. you're right. It's the, the 6.5 is the... But smaller than the Tats Max. I'm surprised about it. Yeah, that makes sense because I was kind of wondering, I was scratching my head, why would they make the, the cheaper phone the largest of the devices, right? But uh, Yeah, somehow I had the impression that it was the same as the 10s and just a different screen, essentially. But yeah, I was wrong. Much smaller resolution, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you can see in the, you got the rendering at two times in the middle middle section of this uh, yep. chart. Yep. Yeah, I do remember them talking about the being two ti- two X because I wrote that down in my uh, in my notes. Yeah, it's an odd phone. I mean, like if you think about it, like like it's kind of I think that the the reason why they went with this this 10R configuration is is because people some people just want a larger phone, right? Um, and it's kind of sort of the low end version of the phones, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Least expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's for it's for people exactly people who want to spend less money, but notice there's there's no new phone with a touch ID anymore. Right. Oh, really? All, no home All button. the new phones. Hey, yeah. All the new phones are Face ID now. Good point. Yeah. I thought about that. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, we have a bit of information. Well, we can talk about it now, actually. Um, so I posted here in the follow-up that, where is it? It wasn't really talked about, but yeah, somebody posted here that the iPhone 10, the iPhone, which we joked about last week, by the way, being discontinued, the iPhone 10, the iPhone SE, and iPhone 6s are all discontinued on the same day that these were announced. So we so just have, so, I'm sort of surprised that the SC is discontinued yeah. completely, actually, because there was that was introduced because there was a real need for a smaller phone. Right, right. And now it doesn't exist. It's kind of strange. Right. Well, we can look ahead to early next year. Maybe they'll do like they did with the SE, which is like, hey, here's this new device. The SE Max. the old device. <laughs> Yeah, an, an, an SE. SR, yeah. R, yeah. I, whatever they call it, SE Series 2 um, with uh, upgraded components, but still at that smaller uh, smaller size device. And maybe they'll even be able to throw in at that point the um, iPhone X style design language of uh, having a notch and giving you a little bit more screen at the same size body. I mean, well, they, the SE really initially had the same guts as a 6, right? But did, did the current, did the latest incarnation of the SE have the same guts as a 7? I think it only went up to 6S, from what I recall, because they did upgrade the internals at least once, but I, I don't think they went any further than that. But given right. how few pixels that processor had to push, those things were like a hot rod. Hmm. It was massively over, over-engined for its size. Yeah, so the iPhone 7 is, the iPhone 7, nothing following, is the uh, the lowest phone at 449. So this is Which some, is still good. It's a still good phone. It's a good size. I yeah, think. it has some interesting implications for, like, size classes. Right. That one was always an oddball. Um, I mean, obviously, we still have to support them for the near future because there's plenty of people who are still going to have them. But at some point, we may not have to anymore. Right, right. Of course, we still have the issue that's always really annoying is that if you if you uh, don't explicitly make your app a universal app, then there's always a chance that someone's going to run your iPhone app on an iPad and then you have the old 320 by 480 resolution, right. which was really... No, didn't they, didn't they upgrade that recently in the iPads that, that now it shows the um, the iPhone f- was it 5 um, aspect ratio? I don't. The 548 by 320? I don't believe so. Uh, yeah, I thought they had. I, I haven't have checked here in a while, but last time I checked, it was still the old one, which was pretty annoying. I just happen to have an app here that I use all the time on my iPad Pro, which is not which is just an iPhone app. I was pretty sure they had updated it. Oh, maybe on the iPad Pro, but not on the regular iPad. Well, no. Is it actually the iPad is the large screen iPad Pro? Yeah. So maybe on that one they did. I don't I haven't checked 
that. But on the regular ones, I'm pretty sure they didn't. Well, here, let me make a screenshot and send it to you so you can see. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look, maybe it is 320. I don't know. Hard to tell. And it's really, it's the 480 that's the relevant one, right? Not the 320. Oh, yeah. And I updated my iPad to uh, iOS 12. So, I mean, you commented the other day you updated your iPad as well, right? iPad and iPhone. I usually use the iPad as the guinea pig because it's a less essential yeah. device for me. Sure. Yeah. So, did you, um, and you have a Pro or do you have a plain old ordinary iPad? iPad Pro from two years ago now, I guess. So the, the 10.5 or the 9.7? Yeah, it, 10.5. It is slightly bigger than the 9.7. What did I have before? iPads, uh, iPad. No, no. Oh, I guess it wasn't the iPad Air 3. It was the iPad Air 2 that I had. I've still got one of those. I'm very due. I'm looking forward to the new ones, especially if the rumors are true that it's going to be Face ID. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to copy this image if I can. Copy. Throw it into Photoshop so we can have a quick look at it. Sometimes I have to drag the photos to the desktop to get them to come out of photos holds them hostage it's one of the one of the drags about using iCloud is that you have to wait for everything to download to your device to your your Mac to be able to use it okay so let's see 320 I don't know it doesn't look like it still doesn't look like uh, 320 by 40 it could be wrong anyway we'll move on not that important can you measure the aspect ratio um well I've got um just measure the height versus the width for whatever size okay, well, it is. It's, it's, um, is it 2 to 3 or is it... It's 1490 by 2693. I'm trying to get down to 320 here. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, it's 320 by seven five seventy nine. So, yeah, so I was right. I was right. It's the iPhone 5 aspect or iPhone 4 aspect ratio, right? When do we get no, that's the, the iPhone the 5. 568, okay. 568. Yeah. Interesting. So, I wonder if that's yeah. just on the large one, though, on the large iPad, because I, I remember not too long ago looking at it on a regular sized one. Yeah. And and it was still the old size. Hmm. I have to double check, or maybe it's in iOS 12 that they changed it. No, no, I, I remember. It, I remember it changing a while ago because because I have, like I said, I have this one app that I still support uh, lower resolutions, and I, I update it all the time. So hmm. I remember um, noting noticing that. Like when I, when I look at this, okay, so when I look at this I, this image on the screenshot I, I took when I when I blow it up. You used to remember it used to fill the whole the iPad screen pretty much. Yeah, it's got quite a bit of um, black bars on either side. Hmm. Well. That would make sense with the different aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I want to do a bit of follow up before we get too far into the show. Let's. What did What did we order last Friday? Any Anybody order anything besides me? I ordered nothing since I was out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> so, well, that we talked. We speculated about that last week with you because you were on the iPhone upgrade program, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Greg Greg signed up for it. So, mm-hmm. so does that mean that you are you can get a phone, or do you have to buy out whatever's left on it? I am eligible to upgrade. Like no question, just. No question. Yeah, that was the whole selling point of it. So I I can upgrade right now, but it resets to another two year plan. Oh, okay, right. But and the two 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 year plan with your carrier or no with Apple purchase plan. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, like what are you going to go buy Samsung next year or something? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) I'm confused. So so it's a two year it's a two year contract or two year payment plan, but you can return the phone now and. Wait a second. It must give some kind of yeah. I better check what that is because I, I remember it, make, it made sense at the time, but now I don't remember because if it resets the payment, then it's kind of not worth doing. You mean like if it goes up in price or something? No, because so I've been I mean. paying these installments for the past year, and if I have to send them back my existing phone to get the trade in, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense. Okay, then if I if I have to have a new contract to pay the full amount for the new one, they they must give some kind of discount on the new one. Well, it's gone up slightly though in price. Right? 
right? Well, yeah, sure, sure. But but still, but there's got I got to have something for the amount that I've spent in the past year, right? So can we ask what you pay monthly for? You have a two fifty six, I assume. Yeah, it's like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you know how we don't have the uh, iPhone upgrade plan in, in Canada? There's a company here called Freedom Mobile, which has now, they've off, they're offering the iPhone XS, the XS Max, and I believe the XR as well will come out at $0 down and then similar kind of thing. Like they're, they're uh, $60 for the big phone um, and uh, $50 for the smaller phone. And then, of course, it was prorated, so it's like $60 for the, sm- for the 256 and it's uh, $65 for the 512, which is cool because that basically means that, you know, if somebody's in a point position where they can go get a new contract, we, they're now acting as if as if Apple is doing the, the you're, they're sort of mirroring the Apple program is what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice because, you know, that I mean, people are going to just lap up $0 down up front. You know, it's a great idea, you know, mm-hmm. for like the latest, latest phone, right? <laughs> you think about it. So I'm actually, uh, I'm actually kind of really annoyed with Rogers these days because they, even though we, I, I went to a new plan where they've increased my my um, the amount of gigabytes I have, I had to add more money. Like I'm paying more money for this for 10 gigabytes that I can share now with my wife, and because I'm using around six or eight gigabytes a month without even trying, right? Um, and uh, you know, I was paying overages every month, right, and it added up to hundreds of dollars over the year. So might as well just go to the the higher priced uh, plan. But when I got my my last statement, it was prorated so that so that I had to pay the overage from the previous month plus my travel to Denver, you know, my roaming charges and stuff like that. My bill ended up being a hundred and twenty dollars more expensive than my normal bill. You know, so I'm just like looking at this, going, well, if I if I switch over to, to Freedom Mobile here in Canada, I can get the same thing, same plan I'm paying now for half the price that Rogers is charging me. And the only cost is I'd have to buy out my phones and I have like four, you know, I think all to go, all told between Carol's phone and my phone, I have like $400 worth of worth of buyout to, to, to deal with. And I'm just annoyed enough to basically pay the $400 and walk away from Rogers after like being with them since like, I want to say 1994, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's super annoying. We, I don't know about you guys, but we pay way too much money for cell plans here in Canada. Yeah, I pay a lot too. I pay like a hundred bucks a month. Do you? Yeah. I, well, I'm I'm at a hundred now, and then I just I just jumped to hundred and twenty five to get uh, the extra the extra gigabytes. It's and the thing about this is like I don't even use the phone. I just I need the data, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you know, I think I was telling a story a couple of weeks ago that that the problem with our our network at uh, at the the bank is that you know because it's like a it's not a you're not just always on. It, it sort of expires after four hours or whatever. So I get kicked off the network all the time. Like so I I never know from one moment to the next when my phone's using LTE or using uh, using the Wi-Fi, right? So, you know, so and it's doing all the, you know, I have to turn off a whole bunch of background tasks and stuff like that to try and, you know, mitigate the, the data usage, right? One thing I've noticed, speaking of using LTE versus Wi-Fi, have you guys ever noticed this? Uh, if you're connected by Wi-Fi and for whatever reason, the Wi-Fi doesn't, just doesn't have internet access. Right. Do you find that it, it won't trip over to LTE? Yeah, yeah, all the time. That's, that's annoying as hell. It's supposed to check reachability and if not use LTE. Hmm. This is on iOS 11 or after upgrading to 12? This is 11. This is, yeah, this 11. is not, a, not a new problem. 
Yeah, I do know that the t- I know that the radios. I've talked to. I have a friend who works who works with Cisco gear all the time, and and he's he's not a he's had to support iPhones in in large networks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that the the Macs or just Macs in general and iPhones in general, they tend to want to hang on to the connection as long as there's a what is it RSI signal yeah. of some reasonable amount. They will tend to hang on to that radio even though you've walked across a warehouse and there's now a closer radio uh, tower you know, or radio connection in in the, in the network on the same network it won't switch over to that closer tower till you know at some point where it just feels that it's not satisfied right yep because i notice when I, if i walk outside the house because i live in a brick building right and if i go outside the house and uh, i'm just using you know apple base stations here um you know i if i'm in the backyard barbecuing or whatever it might as well jump over to lte because that would be a better signal but it just it just it just won't hangs on yeah. right yep and then you get like really crap service right from yep. the wi-fi yep be interested if you tested that out with iOS 12 because I definitely have seen 11 switch over where I was very confused because I was using my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm on the Wi-Fi. And then I try using my laptop. I'm like, what's wrong with my laptop? Wait, is Wi-Fi down? What's going on? Um, so hmm. it definitely seamlessly worked that way. But there were very many foibles in iOS 11 that uh, 12 presumably fixes because I've been much happier with 12 than 11. I wonder if you might want to try that yeah. again and see if it's any better now for, for that scenario. I will try that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I tried it. I'm pretty sure that I noticed that the other day because, you know, I was outside with a dog for a moment and had my phone and it was still trying it was struggling to you know load up twitter or whatever it was i was doing at the time yeah um but there, there's also that setting i think in your um in your phone i know i have mine turned off where you can have it switch over to like better quality network i think there's a you know the configuration we're talking about like there's a it's a thing where you, it will use wi-fi when it can but it, it can switch over to um oh that's to, for phone uh, calls though right is that what that is yeah unless it's something oh. else that you're talking about but but it definitely does you know, that for phone calls yeah i thought there was like a like a Wi-Fi sharing, a Wi-Fi calling. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I, I see this issue all the time because at work we use uh, Wi-Fi to connect to the drones, and obviously when you're connected to the drone, the drone doesn't have an extra internet connection. So you're connected by Wi-Fi. You have a solid Wi-Fi connection to the drone, and you can communicate with the drone. But if you then try to connect to the internet, uh, sometimes it won't. It won't go because of that. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't though. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So uh, we didn't talk about what you ordered, though. So I ordered a uh, watch uh, because I'm still rocking the OG 7000 series watch, um, and I can't for some reason get it. I can't get it to upgrade lately. Like it won't. It wouldn't take the iPhone 5 beta. I don't know if it's not able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's like my phone. My phone keeps saying it can't connect to the the device when I'm trying to do the software update. Anyway, but that so. And and everybody's you know telling me that the the new phone new watches are, are a lot snappier. So and I'm also interested in all the um, the health benefits. You know even though we don't currently have the e is it EKG ECG EKG, EKG, EKG uh, capability here in Canada. Um, I believe it's going to be a software update, and I'm sure it's just a matter of getting Health Canada to clear it. Um, so that was one thing. Plus, plus the other, you know, the low heart rate and the and the uh, and the automatic, you know, um, uh, exercise switching on routines that it has as well. So uh, plus plus the larger larger screen and you know more more gigaflops or whatever these new phones have or new watches have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for work, I also ordered um, a 10s and a 10r. No, sorry, I ordered a 10s and a 10s Max, um, and they're apparently arriving on Friday. So I'll have them in my hands. 
able to play with them and see what they're if they're all that or not eh nice so yeah and Jaime you ordered nothing right I did not order anything but as I was chatting with Mark prior to the show the watch you know that diagram really folks go check out that link that uh, was on Twitter that I, we're gonna have in the show notes it really has me interested in going to the Apple store and checking out what the devices look like in person and maybe it'll change my mind because that's a pretty exciting upgrade in terms of display size so what watch are you wearing now I am wearing a series 3 GPS so I do not have LTE on this oh. one. yeah no I didn't go I didn't go LTE either but uh, so but the, so you're you're literally, literally just making one jump from one version to the next right yeah I mean other than you know the way the display is going to look I don't expect it to be as big a jump as you're in store for because it was a very very big jump right. from the uh, the OG watch to the series three really and I can only yeah. imagine what it'd be like going from an OG to a series four I'm sure there'll be a noticeable difference, but, uh, you know, in my case, but yours will be dramatically different. Yeah. So just as a footnote, I went to that, what's the, the trade-in, trade-up program that they have at Apple. Uh, I was talking to the uh, the person, I, I had to call them back about, make a correction to my order, but, um, and I asked them, like, how do I, how does the trade-in thing work? And she says, it doesn't matter if you buy anything or not, you can still go to the Apple store, you can go down to the link at the bottom and, and get an estimate on whatever your device is. So just for the sake of science, I went in and put my, my original uh, OG developer watch because I won the developer lottery. Um, you know, it screens fine, no scratches, still works, still charges, still tells the time. And uh, so they give you an estimate on how much money they'll give you. Guess how much they'll give me for my OG Apple Watch? Hundred bucks. Hundred even? Really? That I would take. They were offered me thirty dollars. Thirty bucks, really? Wow. Thirty bucks. So for thirty bucks, I'm keeping this puppy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going into the vault with the Mac 512K and the uh, Mac Plus that I have in my closet. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you went through that exercise, Tim, because I think I will be doing the same because I never actually looked it up. And it's just sitting in my closet. Now I'm going to keep right. it as a curio. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, I still have my original um, iPhone, my uh, 20, was it 2007 iPhone. Um, I actually took it out a couple of weeks ago. It's still sitting on my my desk side table here but uh yeah so it's gonna go going 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 go into the vault you know to be opened up in 20 years and see if it starts up <laughs> i'll be surprised if it if they they continue to let it continue run i mean well i mean i guess it can tell the time right if nothing else right mm-hmm. that's right. true that's true regardless of software updates as long as it gets a charge it will uh it will tell the time right okay cool so we have a couple of uh, more follow-up items here you have one here from microsoft Jaime. oh yes um remember we talked I don't know, a few months ago, probably now at this point, about Lobe, Lobe.ai, this really nifty, cool, it might have been like my pick of the week or something. It was a nifty, cool visual way to train machine learning data models. And at the time I said, oh, I'd be very shocked if this company's around in a year because they're almost certainly going to get acquired right. by somebody. And guess what? They have. Um, they are celebrating the fact that they have been acquired by Microsoft. I thought it was going to be Google nice. if I were putting my money back then. I think I said, I kind of hope it will be Apple so that uh, pre-WWDC, maybe they'll be, oh, they'll be able to add this and we'll be able to train our machine learning models so much faster and easier. Turns out they went a different way with their uh, sort of like playground-based one and the Terry Create stuff. But Microsoft is uh, certainly adding to its repertoire of things by uh, adding this thing. I, I really fully expect that Azure's machine learning stuff will integrate with Lobe AI or have that technology underneath the covers somewhere. 
So kudos to them. That's cool, right? What else you got for us, Jaime? Oh, uh, this is one of a leak that just came out a day or two ago, probably. Uh, well, actually, the article says yesterday of the Google Home Hub, Google's version of a smart display, which ostensibly will compete with the Amazon Echo Show. Looks like an interesting device. Looks pretty nifty. Apparently, we'll find out about this at Google's hardware event in October 9th. But it definitely has me interested in getting one of these and putting it on my kitchen countertop right next to the Echo Show. I'll have two little screens when I'm cooking breakfast in the morning. Yeah, we have a we have a Google Home as well, so I wonder if we look at this thing as well. I guess it depends where you, mm. you have yours. We have our home uh, kind of over the fireplace, but you know the Echo Show can hear me just as well from the kitchen as it can from the living room. So. If this turns out to be a decent device, I might sell a Google Home and then replace it with this Home Hub smart display and still have all the wonderful uses out of it. But now I can see things like, how's the weather? Or my commute to work, which I don't have because I work from home. But hypothetically, <laughs> I can see like, now how much time am I saving by not commuting to work? Yeah, we have ours on the spice rack between right beside the coffee machine and in the kitchen. So that's where we use our Because our radio died around the same time as we got the Google Home. So uh, so it's become our... our uh, uh, radio. So we listen to tune in to listen to CBC in the morning. It's really annoying too. If you, if you, if you say things the wrong way to the, to the Google home, it kind of goes, I can't help you with that right now. But you know, then you just, you know, that's annoying. <laughs> I found my, myself yelling at it the other day. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the echo says something very similar. Like I didn't understand, or I don't, I can't help you. But I, I do think as lame as a fallback as that is, that's tons better than, what Siri will tend to do, which is try to be smarmy or jokey about it. Like, oh, I know you are, but oh, what really? am I? It's like, no, just just tell me really? the weather for heaven's sake. Wow. Yeah, it's funny, though, that, the, that the, uh, the Google did respond to my yelling stop at it without saying, hey, Google, and whatever. You can say Google stop, and it'll, and it'll stop playing or whatever, but I just, you know, or you can tap it on its little head, but yeah, it's annoying sometimes. It's like having a, a really annoying assistant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I, I just slammed Siri, but one thing I'm very happy about is WatchOS 5, now that we've mentioned this, has the raise to wake to talk to Siri without having to say, hey, followed by the word Siri. So that's pretty Nice. Oh, really? Yeah, so I can just raise my wrist, you know, to my face and say, you know, set a timer for an hour or what's the humidity, you know, remind me to, you know, go pick up uh, the dry cleaning or something without having to say the wake word first. As long as I'm, you know, if I've raised it to my, raised my wrist to speaking distance from my face, it seems to work pretty, pretty well. I'm very happy about that change. So it's, it's kind of annoying. This is a little side note here, but Carol's watch keeps switching on to theater mode or do not disturb. And Xavier, my grandson, had a theory and he thinks it's because every time she picks up the granddaughter her watch rubs up against the granddaughter's belly or arm or whatever and it ends up swiping it and turning it on to do not disturb or whatever so just an a, like another annoyance about the the watch and I, so i don't know about raise to wake whether that's really going to be that useful to everybody out there you know it is an option we'll see it is something you can turn off um I'm not even sure if it was on by default. I think I had to, I think the first time I tried using Siri, and I apologize if I have this wrong, maybe it was on the home screen of the watch or something. It it gave me a little prompt of like, hey, would you like to do this? So it may not be on by default, but... So you were able to install the watch OS 5, just, you're still in beta, right? Or you, is it officially released? 
No, it's officially released. I, I waited for both um, iOS 12 and watchOS 5 to go to full before I installed on my phone, my watch. Yeah, because I was talking to a buddy at work today, hey, Jorge, and um, he, he's he got an OG watch at the same, as, as well as I do, and he asked me because he's, he's not been able to get his watch to update. So I kind of wonder if the OG watch is not um, compliant with uh, watchOS 5. Hmm. Huh. It's entirely possible. I haven't checked the specs to see. Like, I thought it was supported. I don't remember them cutting it from there and it would certainly be an interesting bug yeah, if you, you so could either, yeah. see that there was an update but not actually install it yeah but it's kind of annoying because like I'm, i think my watch is coming next wednesday so it's like do i do i bang my head against the wall with this issue or just you know throw it into the throw it to the curb next week right kind of annoying all right we have one more follow-up item Jaime. oh it looks like uh the og watch is not supported by watchOS 5 oh really where'd you find that a Macworld article let me post it oh okay cool real-time follow-up folks yeah there you go well that makes sense interesting okay Jaime, what do you got for the uh, ipad pro yeah this is one that i think will make mark really happy um so ios 12.1 beta contains code that suggests a new ipad is coming this fall says uh nine to five mac in this case via the verge which is where i noticed the article um there's a string in there called iPad 2018 Fall that was discovered that hints a whole lot that we're going to get some new iPads this fall, probably in October. And uh, cool. as we've long suspected, we suspect it'll have Face ID that's usable in a horizontal or landscape orientation, given that's a way that people frequently use their iPads. So that'll, that'll be great. I hope that's really, really true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. All right. Well, into the uh, main area of the show here, um, I was um, reading an article today, and I'm not sure if this is true or not. Maybe it may not may have been updated by now, but uh, it's an article from NS Hipster, our pals, you know, Matt Triple T and those guys over there, about iOS 12, new features in iOS 12 that kind of were kind of hard to find. He was saying that in the beginning of the article, at the time he wrote the article, that, um, and maybe I maybe should look at the jade on it, that he couldn't find any release notes for, uh, this is as of September 17th, yeah, two days ago, he was having a hard time finding iOS or iOS 12 release notes. I don't know if you guys have seen any anywhere but so what they did was they combed through the differences in what's in um what do you say in the article he, he basically combed through and they found a couple of unique things that have been that have come out of this and one of them we talked about at the apple event i went to a couple of weeks ago with the enterprise event um is uh, cisco has a new technology called fast lane where you can subscribe um depending on the router configurations you can have it um it's a way of optimizing in your app how it connects to uh the 2.11R, I believe, for fast roaming or assisted roaming or uh, any kind of IV for 11V. Um, it's just a way of uh, making uh, faster connections for if you're streaming audio or streaming video or just roaming around networks. So it's an optimization called fast lane, not to be confused with... Um, uh, Felix Krauss's fast lane, um, just a mechanism for making better better use of the network traffic, and that's something that's buried into buried built into um, iOS 12. Uh, another thing is that they didn't talk about much, in, and uh, there was really sort of no comment on it, as he says in the article uh, about NF, NFC tags uh, are now able to be read in the background, um, and that didn't really make sense until these new phones came out, the uh, iPhone 10s and 10 out 10s Max 
and the 10R um, are able to uh, do this NF- NFC tag reading in the background, which is kind of cool. Um, another thing is is uh, there's an, an update for background activities that happen um, in devices. One of them, one of the new ones, is that uh, you know, uh, as they say in the article here, pilots like to know we need to know what's going on in terms of where they are geographically as they're flying around, you know, up there in the sky. And um, now the, there's a new uh, lo- location mode added into uh, CL, CL Location Manager called Airport, um, Airborne Activity, um, which basically will update. So when the you know the radios are turned off or they can't reach, I guess, the ground, they can still get uh, updates on, in iOS 12 uh, in terms of where you are in the, on the globe, which is kind of cool. Another one is, is um, and I don't, it comes up sometimes. We used to come up when we were, were working on iPad apps back in the early, early days. Uh, but there's now a new way of telling, a new property that will tell you whether or not the device you're looking at is actually flat on the table as opposed to being held up in horizontal or portrait lent, portrait mode, which is cool. Um, and the last one was um, the new autofill pa- for passwords. So if you were entering a new password, um, it can autofill a, a suggested password. I've noticed that too on some of the sites I went to recently. Um, and also it can now generate one-time codes for if you're using a two-factor authentication kind of um, flow. Uh, it can do that as well. So have you guys been able to look at anything related to release notes for iOS 12 at all? Anywhere? Yeah, this article actually has a link to the iOS 12 release notes. Oh, does it? So He's updated? Must have updated it since you looked at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when, where's the link? Third paragraph. Oh, third paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when I started reading the article, he was saying that he hadn't been able to find them. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So there they are. Neat. Yeah. I was very interested in the, uh, what do they call it? Prioritized traffic, prioritized network traffic thing. It's, it's interesting that that option is currently undocumented, but the advice and guidance comes from a WWDC 2018 session, session 714 optimizing your app for today's internet. So it's good to right. have something like NS Hipster where you can get that sort of info without necessarily, like, I don't know that I would have necessarily watched that particular session um, just because there's so right. many things and prioritizing time. But seeing this is like, oh, maybe I will go watch that session now and see how that thing is used and, and all goodness there. And the other one I found really interesting is the auto-filling new passwords on the one-time codes and text fields. That is really, really slick in iOS 12. We're definitely yeah, digging that. Sure. Yeah, it's funny. Back on this fa- the fast lane thing, I remember he- I remember. I thought it was 360 IDIB where I'd, I'd heard about it. So, you know, I keep my, I take my notes when I'm at conferences or in meetings or whatever with, with the Apple Notes app. And so I searched my phone and that's when I realized, oh, they talked about it in, in the session at, uh, at Apple that we went to. So it wasn't at 360 iDev. So kind of a neat, neat, uh, neat technology. Interesting. I'm, and it's funny because I, I remember when I was flying into, um, I was actually texting Tammy as the plane was taking off on my way home from Denver. And I must have been, you know, a couple of thousand feet up in the air and I was still able to send her a text message. Mm-hmm. You know, when they always tell you to turn the radios off when, you, when you're going to airplane mode. And I have a friend who's a pilot who swears that that's just, uh, that there's no reason to turn your phone into airplane, turn turn the airplane mode off on your phone. In fact, now you can do Wi-Fi on the plane, right? So it makes no sense. Yeah, I just flew last week and they they didn't say anything about it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they want you to turn your laptop off still. Really? But uh, And they, I think they did say put your phone in airplane mode, but but it used to be you had to turn it off all the all completely, right? Right? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think they said at some point the FAA is like, look, we've we've essentially been running trials for years. Let's just make it official policy now that look, we if a plane was going to crash, it would have crashed by now, given how many people are flying with these um, hundreds yeah. of devices. Um, not right. to say that it couldn't happen. I had always heard that it wasn't actually an FAA rule; it was actually an FCC rule uh, because the planes moving very quickly are are crossing in and out of cells very quickly, and oh. it was causing problems with the networks. With the cellular networks as oh, opposed really? to anything to actually do with the plane but that might have been a uh, urban legend of chick scopes i guess cool so yeah. that was an fcc fcc is like um federal is that, communications uh, communications uh, okay right yeah commission i think yeah yeah something like that right, right we have a similar name here and i'm drawing a blank on what it is in canada um so tim probably yeah. the the reason that the laptop thing or maybe it was mark i apologize which you two said it the laptop thing uh, regardless of you know wi-fi capability stuff i think the reason they make you put those away and stow them away is when you're taking off and landing that's the most likely time that something's going to go horribly wrong should it mm. go wrong and they don't want yeah I was thinking about turbulence and stuff yeah, like yeah, laptops, yeah, yeah exactly the frisbee slamming into someone <laughs> yeah i mean you know these these airs and stuff are pretty light but i'd rather much rather be hit by the neutron star material iphone 10 than i would yeah. an ipad or an ipad air or a you know an um or a macbook Mac. pro air macbook air yeah, yeah. Or one of those Russian-built Lenovo's. All right. So here's an interesting thing. I thought it was a quickie one, actually. Um, I saw a poll today from uh, R, R, R. Hoover on Twitter. I forget who posted this. Maybe it was Greg? Hmm, I don't know. Anyway, but it was... Uh, yeah, he put up a poll here for... Um, uh, I'm not sure how long it was for, but uh, he was asking the question... Um, Let's say you're looking for a new job. What's the most important to you? And some, the first question was infinite vacation time, the ability to work remotely, paid lunch and dinner, or a 401k retirement plan. And 62% of the people said the ability to work remotely would be the most important thing. So what do you think, Jaime? Yeah, I mean, it's a really hard you know, sort of decision between work remotely and 401k retirement plan. But I can understand, you know, working remotely now that it's, it's definitely a, a time saver. It's definitely a, a sanity saver at times. And I guess you could arguably save enough money compared to the 401k retirement plan, just giving what typical matching tends to be with companies. You know, just right. if you said, well, I can get rid of my car, so I don't have a car payment. I don't have insurance payments on the car. I don't pay for gasoline and I'll pay for you know other maintenance. I guess it comes out probably the same ish contribution that a 401k plan would give you versus you know doing your own plan. I, I assume he's talking about matching in this case and not you know just straight up the money. Right, right. Well, it, it's kind of a um, interesting. Like, I mean, I have the ability to work from home, but, you know, work remotely as well. Um, and it's nice to be able to, like, you know, oh, the furnace guy's coming over. Okay, well, I'll just stay home and you know, join meetings, you know, by dialing in and get into the network through VPN and stuff like that. And I know you work with your your pals in in Portland remotely every day, right? So, mm-hmm. and we know how Mark feels about his commute. Yeah, I have a pretty <laughs> horrible commute. Four one k is a good one though too. It's not just the matching. Uh, there's pretty significant tax benefits by having a 401k. Yeah, because you don't pay the tax on the on the dollars you're getting paid, right? You get right. So you, you put it into the 401k pre-tax, uh, and you don't have to pay tax until you take it out. Uh, when presumably you're in a much 
lower tax bracket than you are right now. Sure. When you yeah, retire. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of younger folks don't really think about the long term effects of retirement. But if you yeah. do the numbers and do the math, you know, like I remember must have been thirty years ago, somebody or twenty years ago anyway, somebody said to me, You'll need a million dollars when you want to retire and I'm like, Yeah, a million dollars like like sure. <laughs> yeah. And now today it would be like way more than that to, yeah. to live comfortably. Yeah. So you gotta start saving when you're in your twenties, folks, if you're out there and you're thinking about that, you know, yeah, it's important. And it's also a nest egg. If you ever you know, run into trouble, you know, lose a job or whatever, you've always got that to fall back on as well. Yeah, you can also you can also take loans against your own four hundred one k. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is kind of a it can be a nice thing in a pinch because you take so you have the money in the four hundred one k. You take a loan against it, so you owe yourself the money, and you set whatever interest rate you want to pay yourself. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a nice thing. So you can. So I don't know if that's just is that a, like an American thing? You can like you go you go to a bank and you take the money. And you Use that as equity or something like that, or no, you're not a bank. It's so the 401ks are through your company. They're usually th- oh, okay. through a broker that your company uses, right. uh, and so you take you have to go through them to take out the loan. So it's, oh. I mean, it's your money. It's you've put it into this account, and right. the restriction is you can't take it out before you retire because of the you got the tax benefit uh, when you put it in, and there's penalties if you take it out early because of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. but there is this one thing that you can do is you can take a loan. So you're officially not taking it out of the account. You've just taken a loan against it, uh, given by the broker. I mean, it's technically it's your money, but it's, you know, it's still, you, you've given yourself a loan of this money. So you don't have to pay the penalty. You have to pay yourself back. But like I said, you can set the rate so you can set it to be, you know, zero, zero, zero point one percent interest if you want. Well, cool. it's like taking a line of credit against your equity in your house kind of thing. In too, some right? sense. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Except when you one. take a line of credit, you're paying interest to the bank that gave you the line. Of right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I never thought about doing that against uh, my own money. I don't, know, I don't know if we can do that in Canada. We'll just I don't check know. And see. The, the one downside of it is, of course, you're not getting any return on that money when you have the when you've taken the loan, right? So normally, when the money's in your 401k, you have it invested in something, right? And, okay. And it's, okay. And it's building up over time. But if you take a loan against it, obviously you can't invest it. You have to because you're using it for something else, so you don't you can't uh, get that return. Yeah, they mustn't be able to do that here in Canada because because it's been like you know my mom, you know, we were for a while. She was living on her the money she had in 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 there so and we could have used you know, I don't know if we could use a loan or whatever, but we had to withdraw money to pay for things and stuff like that, mm. and pay the tax on it as we withdrew it, right? So, oh well, if you're paying the tax, that that's just probably a regular withdrawal because she was old enough yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to withdraw it. No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I've never, I've never heard of taking a loan against. Um, we call them R- R- RSPs up here. Yeah, or RIF, registered income. Might loan. just be a U.S. thing. I don't know. Yeah, I have to check, I have to check it out. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, your mileage may vary, folks. Yep. All right. Um. So yeah, starting March 19th, 2018. All new apps and updates must for iPhone must support iOS 12 SDK and support the iPhone X. Sorry, <laughs> uh, we almost made it all the way through the whole show. The iPhone 10 Max, um, and as additionally to that, also in the in the notes that I read, I figured where I found this, but uh, you can also you also have to support Watch OS 5 SDK, or you have to build against the Watch OS 5 SDK and support Apple Watch Series 4. And this is sort of as of March 19th, 2018. Well, we- I don't hold, recall. On, hold on, March nineteenth, twenty eighteen was a long time ago. Sorry, March March nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Ah, my okay, typo. Okay, well, that's not so bad. No, I know, but 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 have we have we had like a, a date come this quickly in the past? No, usually they tell you later. Yeah, it's, well, usually it's just new apps, right, and, and not necessarily updates. But uh, the updates they give you more of a grace period, right?
right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, the implications are depending on your build cycle, you may have to actually get this done, you know, months earlier than, than March 19th, 2019. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that? Well, I think it's also interesting that the one piece, maybe it changed since you took a look at this, but I saw in, in uh, the notes that we would have to add the 6.5 inch screenshots for your app store stuff. So you know how today you can do individual sizes oh. if you really, really want, but most people just say, you know what, the 5.5 plus size, yeah. that's good. Just resize that for whatever device. And the note that I was reading said, oh, guess what? You're going to have to have, it's optional now. So having submitted to the store for stuff. It's, it's optional now for the 6.5 inch screenshots. But the way I interpreted what I read was it's going to be required come March 19th. Right. So fire up Photoshop or Sketch or whatever it is you use and <laughs> create that different screen size. Yeah. Well, there was that one app we could use, but I think Google bought it. Uh, launch Launch Pad or something like that. Launch Kit, I think. Yeah, Launch Kit. Yeah, we we had it as a uh, as a um, a pick one time, right? Yeah. That, see, that's a problem. We we need to stop doing these picks of the weeks. Is it brings yeah, the, the MTJC bump. bump and then yeah. it's bought. It's too pop. We're too popular. Yeah. So I don't see this date as a big deal. I mean, it's five months away. That's plenty of time. Yeah. And it is good to know. I think I think you're right, Tim. We we will eventually get one like this, but I swear it's like in January. We get like three months, and here we have yeah. you know, several more months to go, mm-hmm. like six-ish months, let's say. Let's call it. Yeah, but like I said, I think it's the first time that they've lumped updates as well as new apps in the same in the same sentence, right? Um, I mean, they giveth and they taketh away, right? Maybe it was, all right, if we're yeah. going to let you know earlier, we're going to take a little something, which is you know new apps and updates together instead of doing one and then doing the what around WWDC time frame they say all right now you've had enough time let's yeah. do it so so now it's like hey go tell all your clients you're gonna have to update yeah trying to find when, what the source of this was hmm. i read it somewhere in app store connect i think i think it was at the very top of the screen that little announcements area they have yeah 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 uh, hmm. I'll look it up. anyway yeah just um, just you know FYI, folks, those of you driving at home, the fancy Apple Watches and stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go through our picks then, uh, Jaime. Do you have a pick this week? I do. It is iOS 12 in combination with autofill. And the final key to the puzzle is 1Password because they mm-hmm. support the uh, autofill stuff. And they have a very handy setup step that shows you how you need to go to the settings app, tap passwords and accounts, tap autofill passwords, turn on autofill, and make sure you select 1Password. And what do you get for that? You get a whole lot of awesome. So, you know, how autofill, I don't know, you go to, let's say, like Amazon.com, uh, let's say, like in mobile Safari, and you go to tap to log in. And right there, when you're on the text field, it will bring up in the keyboard suggestions. Oh, would you like to use the password for this site? Sure, I, I sure would. And let's say you have uh, like an SMS two factor authentication sort of thing where they're going to send you a text message, you know, to really make sure it's you. They're going to send you a, a one time code that you're supposed to type in. Well, instead, Instead of looking at that on your screen, remembering the number and then typing it in, um, this will automatically slurp it up for you and say, all right, would you like to just press this one little button on your keyboard autofill? Well, yes, I would. So with essentially two taps, I've gotten everything I need to seamlessly log in on stuff, even when it has two-factor authentication. Um, apps, of course, will have to support this. But you know, if you're using Safari to log into the web on stuff, it's just mind-blowingly uh, slick and, and easy. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open settings up on my phone. I'm going to go down to, what's it called? Pass- passwords and accounts. I'm going to tap on that. And then I got, I have autofill turned on already. And where do I 
mm-hmm. select one password. Hmm. Where do you select the one password there, Jaime? Give me a sec. I got to follow along with you. Okay. So passwords and accounts, autofill passwords, oh, add, add, and then add, you have add, the the little green switch is on for autofill passwords. Yeah. And yep. you don't you, below it is there a table that says allow filling from one iCloud keychain, which is checked for me, and two one password. No. Oh, have you updated to the latest one password? Are you even on iOS twelve? <laughs> I am on iOS twelve, and okay. I do have an update. Well, may, maybe I need to go and update my one password. You may be right. Let me do. Let me just double check that I've got the latest latest one password here. I may not. As we always say, your mileage may vary. Yeah, and the one I have here is version seven point two in the App Store, which was released three days ago. Yeah, so I'm just updating right now. Oh, look, it's app of the day this week. That's how good it is. The MTJC pump works not only forwards in time, but backwards in time, apparently. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw when I was at 360 iDev while we wait for this to download. um, I posted a a picture of myself singing the alternate Canadian national anthem with Gene McDonald and forgotten his name now, but a friend of ours from... from, Shopify, I believe. Um, we were singing Taking Care of Business, and somebody took a picture of me singing it, and it was roused him from 1Password. Oh, really? Oh, neat, neat. Yeah, okay, so so I just got the little graphic that they've got posted here in the shot, so I'm going to go back to settings. Oh, maybe I have to come back out come back in again. Oh, autofill passwords, and look at that. I can choose 1Password as well as uh, iCloud. Cool. Auto copy one pass, one-time passwords. 1Password automatically copy. All right, sure. Enable. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's it's enabled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd need to go log into something <laughs> to really see the magic. And in uh, you know, apps will have to update for this, so you're almost certainly going to want to go with something in Safari. Oh, I'm going to audible.com, let's say. Audible.ca, I should say. And let me see if I can log in here. Or maybe I'm already logged in. I must be already logged in. Oh, use. Okay, it's using. It's, it's giving me the choice of using my iCloud keychain one because I already have that, right? Hmm. What happens if I click on the little key icon? Oh, I can use the one password one. Look at that. Get the face ID going. And let's choose this password. Yep, look at that. It auto-filled it. Ooh. I only had to tap one, maybe twice. <laughs> Yeah, in, in my case, I don't use iCloud Keychain because I've been using 1Password for this. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have the extra thing. And I, I kind of wonder if, if Safari will remember your choice now and present 1Password as the as the default. Oh, for this particular site? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's neat because if you do use the iCloud password, you can go into, you can go in here and like, so I've got 108 passwords saved in my, in, in this um, password and accounts uh, app or section. And it shows me all the pass, all the passwords that I've got, like stored in here from my various uh, trips around the web for the last, you know, six months or so that I've been doing this, or I guess a year since we had this, right? So let me, if I click on this guy, yeah, and it also shows me the, the password in plain text if I if I dig into it, right? So, which, you know, may or may not be a great idea. Uh, where What I prefer with 1Password is even when you go into the account, uh, it still shows you the, you know, eight bullets, right, until you... Uh, so you choose to reveal. In fact, you can copy and paste the password in one password without even looking at it. You know. Yeah, that, that that's really nice. I use that a lot. You know, if you're yeah, so, I mean, um, sharing a screen with somebody or some, you're pair programming and somebody's over your shoulder, you, you yeah, probably don't want to yeah. show that unless you're like doing a, a shared account of some sort. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, look, your other pick is the article we already talked about. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> if you want to take a look at the revisions in Google Docs, you want want to take a gander and guess which one came first. <laughs> Spoilers, it was mine, but that's okay. We moved it into the main part of content. People heard about it anyways. That's that's good. We got the information out there. Oh, can we look at the revisions? I didn't know that. I put this in yeah. this morning. Mm-hmm. And really? I also think this is why Greg never puts his picks into the show notes beforehand, oh. so we can't snipe his picks. Mm. Really? Very wise, Greg. Very yeah. wise. 
Yeah. No, I found I, I was stumbling around on Twitter this morning and I, uh, on the way to work and uh, saw it. Oh well, I guess uh, that's too bad. <laughs> and I don't know what pick. <laughs> oh, you know what my pick is? I'll tell you what my pick is. Wow, was the purchasing of a phone at three o'clock in the morning super super easy this year? Wow. Like, yeah, you know, I don't think I heard any got... horror stories this year. Well, let me tell you what happened. So, um, because because I was talking with Greg and, and Jaime about you know going in and choosing the the phone I wanted, and you know and favoriting it so that when I came back into the store later on using the app. I could just go to the App Store app, Apple Apple Store app, and just choose my favorite, and then purchase the phone. So we had all that set up. So I, you know, I was building, I was buying phones for for my company, for the company I work for, and I was also buying a watch for myself. So I had to make two purchases, right? Um, so at around, so my time, um, I went to bed around midnight. So around midnight, the stores all went to that sort of screen where it said, you know, we're getting things ready, go away, come back later kind of thing right and and it had a sort of a nice you know apple-y graphic and then um you know i set the alarm i got up at like you know a quarter to three and then i came downstairs i had so i had my ipad i had my mac and i had my iphone all pointed to the apple store uh you know the apple.com dot you know store site and all around the same time about half an hour or about before the hour, if you will, um, it changed to that Apple, just an Apple outline of an Apple logo in a sort of rainbow type, which is why last week's graphic had that sort of rainbow outline in it. I don't know if you noticed that, Jaime, or if you saw the connection to that. Um, but it said we'll be back in like two minutes or ten minutes or something like that. Like it actually, it actually uh, indicated it was going to be back in time. And I would say like maybe one or two minutes after the hour, right? The, all the stores came on at the same time. So the the uh, the the iPad, the phone, and the the Safari browser all updated in real time. And I literally went in. I didn't even have to go and pick my favorite. It was so quick. I just went to the phone I wanted to buy, chose the size of memory, you know. Chose whether it was white or gold or a space gray and I was in and out in like five minutes you know and then then I you know finished that purchase and then I went to do the watch purchase so I'm, I'm getting the two phones on you know Friday because it was like seamless it wasn't last year we were hammering away on the refresh and you know it wouldn't come up on the Safari browser but it would come up on the phone and it wouldn't come up on the iPad remember I don't know if you remember that thing we were all live mm-hmm. tweeting about how long it was taking to get through and this year it was like it was painless like it was just it was the way you imagined it should be okay so that's one delightful to hear because we had talked about last week the secret techniques of like have all these different things and to make sure that you didn't end up with the same dns connection um put your phone in lte mode only so that it's right right separate from the wi-fi and is going through at&t or verizon through long beach california or something instead of um like in my case comcast through federal way washington or Auburn, Washington, right. whichever one it is. And, you, you know, it's also very heartening because, you know, I, I did not order anything. So I just woke up this year and said, oh, I guess nothing went wrong, really. No horror stories. And then people were starting, as they do, to speculate, like, well, why why did it go so smooth? Was, were so few people actually ordering these things? Oh, no, oh, no. Let's you know, read the 2018. But from what I'm hearing from you is that, oh, no, it's actually because they probably put some serious upgrades into making this a more seamless experience. Oh, 
Oh yeah, it was because it was beautiful. complete opposite of that before. And and for the stores to come up on all of them the same, whereas for a very long time Safari on desktop has very clearly been the wrong route. It's been use the Apple Store app because that updates faster for mysterious reasons. That's really good to hear. Really good to hear that it's a yeah. uh, you know ready for prime time and and ready for you know the bomb of uh, of folks just hitting the app store all at the same time. Yeah, I mean Apple like store, last I year say. if you remember, I I ended up buying my phone through Best Buy because the Best Buy site came up before the Apple site came up, and I couldn't believe that I was getting my my phone on the Friday um, through Best Buy. And it, sure enough, it was the only difference was I had to go and sit in the Best Buy and talk to the people there, and which was super annoying. And they ended up selling me stuff I don't want. But um, uh, yeah, this was this was great. It was like you know, it was it was the way you know, it was it, like people were on Twitter going, "Yeah, I'm done going to bed." Like you know, ten minutes after the hour, like sort of it was it was super painless. I was chatting with a, a buddy in in Vancouver um, who was buying something at the same time, and and yeah, he was like in and out in no time as well. So it was, it yeah. was great as it should be, very Apple like. <laughs> that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I guess that's it for the week. So, hey, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with a hair. All right. And Mark, uh, if people want to get in touch with you. Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. And as I say every week, my name is Tim Mitra. I am T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. But I do want to point out, so Greg kind of thinks he scooped us. And he did scoop us by by having MTC, MTJC at Greg. Heo.com. But I've never announced it on the show publicly before, and just because I never really thought it would be a, a vehicle people would want to communicate with us. But the website, the podcast does hatch, actually have an email address, and it's mtjc at it-guy.com, which is my domain, itguy.com. So, yeah, so if you ever want to email us for whatever reason, you fall down and bang your head, or I don't know, but that's the best way to get a hold of us. And of course, you can always, you know, as we'll say in the outro in a few minutes, you can always, you know, reach us on Twitter. If you're with the at MTJC underscore podcast, or if you have a question for us, you can use the pound ask MTJC, and we appreciate every little bit of help you guys give us on the show. So until next week, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. So somebody today at work was like, hey, there's like some one password people that are working out of Portland. I said, Portland? That doesn't make sense. Really? I thought they were headquartered in Toronto. Then I went to their yeah. jobs website and it's like, oh, we're a fully remote team. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is that right? There's not like a one password 
uh, office building, which I, I assume there was. It's uh, you know probably very heavily in the Toronto area because that's where they started out life. But apparently, a fully remote company. Yeah, they're they're down in um, they're down on Adelaide Street. I asked uh, Rustam about that when I, saw, I met him at the airport in in um, Denver because he was on the same flight as I was, and um, so and I met uh, his partner Dave at, uh, at the at the airport when they arrived. But um, and a couple of nice people. One one lady one lady works from New Zealand actually. She was on the flight with them. They were having a. They came up for um, oh, what was it called? Uh, the conference was in, in Denver at the same time as 360 IDEV. Um, Is it Go for Con? Go, yeah, the Go for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they do. They do some. He was telling me that they do some supporting Go as well uh, on the server side. I guess right. So yeah, they have people from all over like the world. I mean, well, she's in New Zealand, right? So clearly, you know, you said Portland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, to be honest with you. There's no real reason why you necessarily need to be in the same space, except for the whole, you know, ideas of, you know, being able to chat with your buddies that we've talked about before on the show and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's easy enough to do that. And I know that companies like Martian Craft are distributed and um, WordPress, the you know, the developers for WordPress all work around the world, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even companies like Facebook and Google and Apple are all uh, all over the place. Same with Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, but Amazon, Amazon doesn't here. doesn't really work remotely that much. It's very very regional, and and things run through Seattle. So it is very surprising. Oh, it's see. definitely not yeah. to the level of like, hey, this one product is done here, there, and everywhere. It might be okay. Well, you know, Amazon Echo might be technically distributed, but it's more like, hey, you're working on login. This other team in your you know in China, yeah. and this other team is doing the machine learning algorithms. All right, well, you're over in Canada. You know that sort of thing. Less right. so of like, oh, we're all in the same team all working on the same exact stuff uh, in a distributed way from what I would gather that one password probably does and and Martian Craft and others. Yeah, somebody was telling me the other day that they were in, they were talking to Google about getting a job, but they would be working in Waterloo, right? So, you know, and the company I'm working for right now, we're we're um, we have people in London and Waterloo and Ottawa and Toronto and Mississauga. So, and even <laughs> we don't even like you know um, we have meetings with people who, who are on different floors in in our building too, right? So we don't often you know we we try to collect together in the same room, but people will dial in from like one floor to the next, right? <laughs> rather than walk up the stairs or take the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at Boeing, there was one building I worked at that was so bad in terms of it had almost no conference room availability given the number yeah, of employees like that, that had yeah. it, that we had these meetings where we're all just sitting like right next to each other and, yeah. like on a telecon, you know, across a couple different um, cubicle rows. It was so right. weird. Yeah. Like if we literally just had like a small little nook or cubby that we could have reasonably, you know, collected in without disturbing a whole bunch of other people, we probably would have done it that way. Yeah. yeah. I've worked on projects where, where we dial in them, even for like standups, you know, we just dial in, give our updates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then poor Mark with his commute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting pretty bad these days. Yeah. Today actually wasn't nearly as bad as I expected. As yesterday and Monday were just insanely bad. Well, did they ever talk about like fixing the infrastructure in where you are or because isn't it like just a line of cars in the morning and a line of cars in the evening yeah there's just too many people yeah. is it back well, to school to, uh, given the the time yeah like, why did it suddenly it get bad after after labor day it always gets bad for a while yeah we well, have more people in in california than we have in in um canada yeah right? i'm not surprised by that it's like what is it like 35 million in california or something like that mm-hmm. and they're all driving to redwood city not all of them <laughs> but seems like just it. half of them <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> the rest are working from home. Yeah. I discovered a bug, an auto, uh, sorry, uh, accessibility bug in my device tracker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So um, I don't know if I told you, but like, so I, my root view controller is my, is my main view controller when, when you open the app. And I added, um, I, I basically look and see if there's an image that's saved in the record. And if there is, I I use the, you know, the default. Um, I just have a default table view with, you know, with the content view there. And, it's, you know, how you get the, the, the image view for free and the, and the text label for free. Yeah. Um, so I've used that. And then, but then I'm also got auto auto sizing auto resizing cells on because I'm using dynamic type in the app right so which is fine for most sizes and and generally speaking the, the little the little uh, thumbnails like 44 by 44 pixels high or whatever points high um but when when you go into larger font sizes and you go beyond just one notch beyond midway it lets the image become the full size image right so because I'm just bringing the image in I'm not really sizing it or whatever um, when I bring it in so I'm obviously going to have to do something like that, but um, it's just like the whole cell is just blowing up, and it's just full of this image, and, and you can't see the label, and because it's only it's like a it's it's a split view controller, so you've only got like you know the 320 wide um, oh. playing field, right? And there's yeah, no constraints so, that you can set on that, right? Because it's the built-in one. It's the built-in one, yeah. So I'm think I'm my yeah. question to you would be: Should I make a custom cell class and then use put constraints on, like maybe make it one in a in a, in a nib or a storyboard? And, I mean, I guess I'd have to make a nib for it. I would right? say yes. I use custom cells 100% of the time. Whether, yeah. Whether I really need them or not, I still do oh, it. Oh, okay. Just because I've, you know, I've, I've, I'm so in the habit of doing it and there's yeah. always something you want to tweak. Yeah. Like, so, well, yeah. So, yes. It's odd because because I discovered it by accident because, because like, you know, I keep my, I, I actually use larger font sizes, but I keep it like one notch. I keep it right in the middle of, of the, the scale, you know, the little sort of notch scale that they have there. Yeah. And it was just, I was just talking to somebody the other day about accessibility in, in the, and I just opened my app as an example and I hit the notch one higher and I went, oh, wait. <laughs> so That's one thing good. you might try, it might work, is you have access to the image view. Yeah, I do. Cell, right? Yeah. So you can set the uh, the you know scale to fit and the clip. Yeah, no, I tried that. It didn't didn't work. I, I think is what's that- happening is what's happening is the cell is, is looking at the content that's trying to go in there. Yeah. And you know how you have that estimated row height that's right. that's you you feed it something like that and then you tell it to be dynamic whatever yep. and the view did load or whatever um i think it's looking at this image and saying well this image is 1024 by 768 so i'm going to give you a, a, a cell that's you know 768 high or it's not quite that big but i think i think it's like you know 320 by 320 or something like that but yep. yeah so what happens ends up happening is you can't you can't scroll to the left to see what's going on because as soon as you start to scroll it wants to delete the cell like if you if you swipe to the left right towards the left um, cause that's the, you know, the default, the built in delete cell, uh, swipe, right? Right. Yeah. So it's, you can still tap on it and go to the row and read the record. But I, I mean, I, and I really don't know if, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if anybody's really using the app, but it's, it's gotta be fixed. Cause it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's buggy, but it's just kind of like, in your app? huh? Do you have analytics at all? Um, like, you mean like a flurry or that kind of stuff? Yeah. Or mixed panel or something like that. Um, I used to have, or, or, even, I think. or even just the regular Apple analytics, you can see the number. 
number of sessions. That's true. Yeah, if yeah. It's, if it's zero, then it's probably not worth updating. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, so pe- like, yeah, again, and I don't know if it's like auto updates or whatever, but I do see that people do buy it and people do, you know, I get pizza money out of my apps, yeah, right? I get okay, like, yeah. you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever, yep. um, something, you know, like enough to enough to, to, to pay off the $99 a year, you know? <laughs> right, right. You know, because um, you only need to do, what, four months worth of work at that rate, right? So, yeah. oh, I think we lost timing. We've course, lost you timing. Are, you are paying your taxes on the money you make from Apple, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I send that over to the, the, the accountant. I don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's funny because I, I, can, I can usually tell by, I got a, sta- a GST statement from Apple, right? Because they pay the GST. And uh, I, you can usually tell by, by how poorly I'm doing by, like, it's never been, it's, it's, it's almost like not even worth sending it to the, the accountant, the amount of uh, monthly reports I get from them. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll send you a report? Well, yeah, because, well, yeah, I don't know how your okay. taxes work. I don't get one. I just have to figure it out myself. Yeah, let me see. Let me see if I can find you one. Oh yeah, vendor tax here it is here. Um, yeah, so I get this this uh, statement from Apple every month. Hmm. No, I don't. I'll, get show, that. I'll show you here. Well, it's, I think it's because of can, in Canada we have Canada. to they have to submit it for uh, GST every month or every quarter, once a quarter, I think. Right, so you can see that there. This sort of a statement of uh, hmm. the pittance okay. that I made. Yeah, no, I've never gotten one of these. Yeah, so commission charge. I guess because they. Oh, you know what it is. So yeah, they they collect the fifteen ninety six. They keep the they they pay the. For, they pay four dollars and eighty cents mm-hmm. on their thirty percent, right? And then they then so I'm left with eleven, and then uh, yeah, so they sent fifty five cents to to uh, the CRA, right? And then yeah, so then I just I just send this over to Norman. I I don't know what he does with it. Like, he, I guess he figures out from that what what uh, just adds to the pile of sales, right? Yep. So, like, when you're selling a good, like, if I had to pay for something, if I had to buy, like, a, a, a Mac or whatever and then turn around and sell it, I get to claim the tax that I pay as a as a seller on sure. that back. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you'd be double counting or double pay. Yeah, well, so, in the, or, yeah, they, they come out, look, they come looking for me later on, right? But, uh, yeah, in this case here, it's just that, you know, this is what, so what Apple's doing is they're paying, they're they're showing me that they're paying tax on their 30%, right? Right, And then, right. then I just have to, you know, pay the, or add it to my pile of tax. And of course, you know, oh, he's back. And he's back. Is he back? I am back. And hey, hey. it uh, actually did convert the recording oh, right the at, audio? as soon as it disconnected <laughs> me. So <laughs> worked for me. That's perfect. At least something um, worked. Well, you know what happened to me today was, uh, you know, how we've been we're speculating as to whether or not the workflow app is is a sh- a series shortcuts. Mm-hmm. So I went to, I thought, oh, well, hey, where's the series? I updated my phone to to the beta um, last week, so now it's officially on the Goldmaster um, twelve, right? iOS twelve. And so I thought, oh, where's the series shortcuts app? So I so I searched for it and it didn't come up. You couldn't find it on the phone. So and but I saw the Apple Store link, so I clicked on it and it said update. So I updated it and then then it you know. A few seconds later, said it said uh, open, and it's converted my workflow app into Siri shortcuts, and it literally is the same app. Hmm. So Siri shortcuts are, are the is is built on the foundation of workflow, like we thought, right? Yeah, we expected that, though, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, th- I kind of thought they might have put a little bit of work into it, but I guess you know it's it's, a, it's already a working piece, right? And and I haven't seen. Have you seen any recommendations yet so far on your search? Right. Like this morning, um, like Carol and I often text each other first thing in the morning. So when I was leaving for work this morning, it's said, do you want to send a text to Carol? You know, so I think that's an indication of uh, serious, serious shortcuts, if I'm not mistaken, right? I guess I haven't done anything repetitively enough or on a 
you know, reliable enough schedule for it to start surfacing those shortcuts to me yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody called me this afternoon, like some spammer called me this afternoon. I didn't take the call and, and the shortcut was, you want to call them back? I'm like, no. <laughs> no yeah. But yeah, so, I did also realize this week that it was the same as the workflow because it still has my custom workflow that I created that yeah, exactly. goes out to That's iTunes, me the- scrapes podcasts for iOS development, and then tries to find which one is the number one result. And it's still us. Still sure, us. sure. I think I think I linked that in the show notes once. I wonder if people have tried to use that that shortcut you sent me. Well, now um, as I discovered the other day, there was a, a little bit of a bug with the iCloud sharing link that you could create using the shortcuts app, but uh, that seems to have been resolved yeah. today. As I shared one with a coworker, you know, for giggles, I shared the one with like which one's the number one podcast for iOS. And he's like, hey, this link doesn't right, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I looked. I was like, oh, you're right. But checking it this morning, it seemed like it was resolved. So it's nice. It's nice. What to is that? You create an iCloud share or something? So, well, it, I think it more like you create a, a public link to it. Is when I um, when I went to the sharing sheet. Yeah, I think that's someone. There's an option for iCloud link. Okay. And then it gives you a little warning, like, oh, warning! By the way, like this is open to anybody who has this link. So make sure there's nothing right, private. Right. In.